Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How big is the walkout going to be at Netflix? We'll tell you about that in a second. It's around the whole Dave Chappelle special thing, of course. We need to get back into a couple of great examples of bias to the ultimate degree in mainstream journalism around CNN and uh, and Katie Couric. Just, just absolutely incredible. So if you haven't heard that, stay tuned. But I'm uh, regularly claiming, if you had to bet now, bet this, I'd bet that. How would you bet? And I never do bet because I'm not really a gambling guy. And uh, But I would have. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. I, I absolutely would have bet anybody a couple of months back, heck no, we're not going to participate in the Winter Olympics in Beijing, which are coming up in January. We're now just two and a half months out. It's like Is that the, right? It's like yeah. 10 days into January it starts. Wow. I would have bet that no way the United States or even most of the Western world uh, doesn't boycott the Olympics. No way it can happen. A senior official with the International Olympic Committee said today, we have few options to press China on its human rights record ahead of the 2022 Games. Our job is to ensure that there are, there's no human rights abuses in respect to the conduct of the Games within the National Olympic Committee or within the Olympic movement. And so as long as no skiers are enslaved, it's okay. Yeah, as long as they don't force one of the ice skaters to get an abortion or forcibly impregnate them, gang rape them like they're doing with all the Uyghurs, then I guess that's okay. And, um, you know, that's the Olympic Committee's view of it. And I think, I don't know. I, I still I still find it really hard to believe that the United States is going to participate, but we haven't pulled the plug yet. And it's getting pretty late. Well, I'd say every virtually every aspect of our relationship with China is going to come down to greed versus uh, doing what's right. And just remember this example, which one won out? Well, they have slaves, they have concentration camps, systematic rape, murder, it's a genocide, you call it whatever you want, and everybody's still showing up, and it's still going to be brought to you by Coca-Cola and whatever other sponsors. So, watching the Summer Olympics, which was just a couple of months ago, I remember watching the opening ceremonies, and when Taiwan walked in, they walk under the flag of... Taiwan, the the territory of the People's Republic of China or something. It mentions in the them walking in the Olympic ceremony that they're part of China. So the Olympic Committee has been going along with that. And we're going to have our athletes march in the Olympics in Beijing, China, with the crowd cheering like crazy as they claim that Taiwan belongs to them. Wow. That's unbelievable. While they have a million or more slaves, while they're flying fighter jets into Taiwan's airspace on a weekly basis. Right. They get to showcase China to the world with our help. Now, I remember back in my younger days in the 1976 and 80, uh, that, that period where the, the Soviets and, and, and the U.S. were boycotting each other. We boycotted I, in 80. It was Carter's decision because the Russians had invaded Afghanistan. Yes, ironic. Uh, anyway, I remember <laughs> I was thinking at the time, and a lot of a lot of pretty reasonable thinkers at the time said, "Look, this this is not good. Let's let's get together and have these sporting contests every every four years at the time, um, and and let's let's relate to each other. Let's see each other. Let's cheer our athletes. Better to remain in contact than do all this boycott stuff." Jimmy Carter himself has said recently he regrets that decision. He doesn't think it did any good 
to keep our athletes from competing in the Moscow Olympics in 1980. Right. At the same time, though, everybody says going to Berlin in 1936 was a terrible idea. Hitler got to uh, show off Germany and the might of the Aryan race. Jesse Owens, et cetera, et cetera. I don't Nazi think Nazi Germany. I don't think they're apples and apples. I, I, Russia invading Afghanistan is not the same as China having a million slaves and uh, threatening Taiwan, a democracy. I, I just don't see them as the same level of problem. I think that's a legit point. At the same time, there has been no serious discussion of a boycott. No. Nope. There has not. No. That'll be something. I, I just... Their opening ceremonies, I think people, a lot of people remember this. Their opening ceremonies in Beijing in 2016? What year was that? Somebody look it up. The, that was just unbelievable. I mean, everybody declared it the greatest opening ceremonies ever. It was a major effort by the Communist Party to let the world know we are a for real country. I mean, look at this. And it was unbelievably impressive because they can spend as much money as they want. They're dang near the biggest economy in the world. And if somebody says, I don't want to jump in and out of boxes, they'll say, well, go to a concentration camp. Are we going to let them do that again? Put on this just unbelievable show with with a whole bunch of money. Some of it they've stolen from the United States and the Western world by stealing all kinds of uh, proprietary information and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Yeah, a huge amount of it. Surely, yeah, that's the plan. Obviously, we're not going to send the president. We're going to send uh, Kamala Harris to sit there in the stands. I wonder if uh, Kim Jong Un's skinny, mean-faced sister is going to be there. <laughs> you remember? Was it NBC? You said some people are calling her North Korea's Ivana Trump, Ivanka Trump. God, one of the dumbest sentences ever uttered in the English language, Korea's, going back thousands of years. Korea's mean-faced, his mean-faced sister. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but any, anyway, what was that? China boycotts, but uh, uh, the I'm sure the network lamos are even now carefully combing uh, their verbiage to figure out. All right, we got to say something about that. There has been controversy over China's treatment of the Uyghur people. China is asshole. You know, blah blah blah. A couple more words, and they'll say. But now back to the biathlon. Yeah, I think they'll, yeah, they'll touch on it, but weakly. Critics say it amounts to uh, imprisonment. Ah, critics say. But Chinese, Great dodge. But Chinese officials say it's merely a re-education. Right. And they'll go with that. Now back to the long jump. Uh, one more thing for you. Transgender Netflix staffers. I don't know how many there are. i got to believe the average company doesn't have more than a couple transgender employees, just as a population. But anyway, transgender Netflix staffers plan a walkout. Uh, This next week, October 20th, according to the L.A. Times, over the Dave Chappelle special. They cite, among other things that Dave Chappelle said, every human being in this room, every human being on Earth had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on Earth. That is a fact. They cite that as one of the evil, awful, bigoted things that Dave Chappelle says in his comedy special and why they're going to walk out. Glad is supporting the walkout, as is the National Black Justice Coalition. Interesting. It is interesting. Whatever that is. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I could start an organization with that name today, and what we would advocate for is, I don't know, easier golf courses. A Netflix spokesman said, we support artistic expression for our creators, especially when it makes us millions and millions of dollars. I added that last part. <laughs> I've got to think it was some obscure comedian that kind of just was on the channel. They'd, they'd pull it immediately. Not say a word about it. 
You know, that reminds me, I, I read an account uh, of this in some mainstream publication the other day, and they were talking about how Chappelle defended J.K. Rowling for her transphobic comments. That description now has become utterly meaningless. So you, All it is is tarring somebody. Well, yeah, so you get to call them transphobic comments. You've determined already they're transphobic comments. Exactly. Before yeah, it's, it's I prosecution masquerading as journalism. Basically, all she has said is what Dave Chappelle is saying, is there such thing as men and women. Right. All right. All right. Quit oh. saying chest feeding, you freaking lunatics. Birthing people. Shut up. Grow up. Menstruating persons. If They're women. They're called women. Women. And if some women are kind of recently arrived to team woman, and they don't menstruate, or they don't birth... And they can't chest feed. That's fine. They deserve deserve their rights as an American and a human being. And I will be nice to them because I'm nice to everybody. Uh, but uh, don't uh, don't claim that woman isn't a pretty good descriptor for someone with ovaries who can give birth. Mm. Please do not use yeah, gendered yeah, language I'm, I'm to, gonna, uh, to address everyone. I'm gonna because that's the best way to describe it. Because. People have been using it for hundreds of thousands of years. I agree with that out-of-breath fellow there. I think you're just being hateful. I don't hate anybody. Then quit saying woman. Because <laughs> it's hateful. Birthing people. Lady, lady, lady. Stop it. So on the th- we got the thing at our website. John Stossel had uh, Tim Sandifer on, and they were talking about this the other day. And in that, they have a whole bunch of clips of people in the Biden administration using the term birthing person. Uh, near Mother's Day and not saying the word mom. That's how crazy it's gotten. The actual administration using the term birthing per, per people per person over and over again rather than saying mother. That's right. how insane things are now. That is insane. And reject that, folks. Don't fall for the explanation. That's just um, to do otherwise is really discriminating against trans people. <laughs> They're trying to change the language so you can't argue against them because you don't know what the hell they're talking about. Very few people are offended by the term mom. All right, your friends, your neighbors, regardless of their political stripe, almost universally are okay with the term mom. Yes. You don't need to say birthing people. Yeah. It's a very tiny number of people, right? And they're crazy and they're dangerous. So don't don't dance to their tune. It's not harmless to dance to their tune. This, you're, you're spreading the rhetoric of hate and, and strangeness. This just in, William Shatner, 90, says he's stiff and sore after his historic space flight. I got to believe when you're 90... Based on what it's like to be 50, I got to believe when you're 90 and you get out of bed, you're stiff and sore always. I would guess that's the, whether you, the case. Yeah. Whether you brushed your teeth before bed last night or you went on a historic space flight. Do we know how many G's they endured? I'm sure that's uh, that information's available somewhere, but it, it's got to be pretty squashy and pretty, you know, uh, granted you're you're laying back and you're supported by your, your chair thing. Um, whatever you call it, your uh, lounge chair, your recliner there in the rocket. But I got to believe that's tough on your constitution. And were any of the mojis? That's what I wonder. Um, <laughs> An OG taking three G. <laughs> right. Yo. Um, my son explained that to me the other day. He was on. He's he's really into the whole. It's it's interesting how he's transitioning into like a junior high age kid. He'll yeah. be twelve here in March. So. But uh, he had he explains things regularly to me with the assumption that I don't have any idea what he's talking about, and often he's right. He uses <laughs> terms so I have no idea, but he explained him. OG means yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good on that one. But the whole you know you're so old, you're so far out of step, you don't even know what's going on anymore, Dad. He's reached that age. <laughs> Did you drop a little iced tea on him? 
Uh, oh, yeah, we got on the topic. public enemy? He got on the topic of uh, something, and I told him how I was listening to a lot of Dr. Dre in, like, 1991. He was shocked by that. I'm shocked <laughs> by it myself, actually. Um, uh, what do we got coming up next? Oh, gosh, people are getting madder and madder about, at the Marxist uh, district attorneys in Cal Unicornia. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, Norway, which is a huge oil and gas producer, says... Yeah, yeah, we're going to go green, but we're not going to stop doing the oil and gas stuff either, because we're not going to sacrifice our economy, Mm. like every country on Earth. Makes your gas kind of high. Anyway, all that stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. From the Congressional Budget Office, federal tax revenues went up by 18% in the last fiscal year, which is the largest one-year jump in 44 years. Everyone got so bored during quarantine, they actually did their taxes. I don't know, it's this or play Scrabble again. Yeah, they took, the government took in $4 trillion dollars. Last year, which is the most ever. I listened to a podcast yesterday. I don't know if you know Brian Rydell. He's a um, a right-leaning guy who looks into tax policy and all that sort of stuff and crunches numbers. God dang it, we got to get him on the show someday. He was going through um, uh, the explaining the myth that um, that the rich don't pay their fair share. And, and also the myth that you've got all these Scandinavian countries, and we need to do it like them, and how their middle-class taxes are so high compared to ours. Right. Where we, where we really don't pay our bills is with the middle class. The rich pay, as a percentage of the taxes, we're the most pro- progressive tax code in the world. The rich are paying a bigger chunk of all the taxes. It's the giant middle class that doesn't pay near as much, and that's where all the money is because that's most people. That's where all the money is. And if if we if if we want to have the sort of services that we have or are being talked about here in the next couple of weeks with the human infrastructure package, if we want to have that, we got to have really high middle class taxes. Right, right. But uh, while the middle class is where the dollars are, it's also where the votes are. And tax policy has nothing to do with what's right, what's just, or what will best finance the country. It's gifts and, and penalties to get the most votes. Oh, also, the, the myth that it's uh, um, Pentagon spending is where it all is. It's all two places, and we all know this. It's uh, all the, uh, the the health insurance stuff, all the medical stuff, and Social mm-hmm. Security. That's where all of it is. Well, do you remember when we talked to the Secretary of Health and Human Services a couple of years ago? Uh, who was that at the time? I can't remember. Somebody will remind me. But um, we joked. We said, well, Mr. Secretary, we're really hoping for the Secretary of Defense, but we'll talk to you. He said, well, my budget's four times bigger. Which I didn't so, know. I can't remember what that number was, but it was like, whoa, 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 wait, what? Which I didn't know and caught me by surprise, but in retrospect is clearly obvious. How come... If you're into if you're into politics at all or into news at all, you always know who the Secretary of Defense is. You never know who the Secretary of HHS is. Well, that person has a way bigger budget and more control over uh, the, the the money that's being spent in this country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I once heard the federal government described as the world's largest and worst run, but best armed insurance company. 
So we we sell retirement plans to oldsters, uh, but we're we're hemorrhaging because we've promised way more than we've taken in as an insurance company. We're a terrible insurance company, but we have lots and lots of guns. That's the federal government. So speaking of government and uh, and and mal government, you know we don't have time for this. I don't want to rush through it. Um, the people of some of the blue states are it would seem beginning to wake up to some of the awful, awful policies on crime that they've been sold and are starting to get pretty mad about it. So we'll touch on that in a couple of minutes when we have a little bit more time. Uh, Let's see. what Oh, you know, I mentioned this a couple of things. Number one, Dwayne The Rock Johnson says he knows absolutely nothing about politics or policy, but he is considering running for president. So (laughs) that is a pretty good snapshot of the modern world. And he could probably win. Second, uh, Norway, which produces an enormous amount of gas and uh, oil, they just had a more liberal party come into power. And they've said, uh, we're going to grow the oil and gas industry. Okay, We're going to work as hard as we can toward green energy and alternate fuel. But while we're doing that, not only are we not going to dismantle oil and gas, we're going to grow it as much as we possibly can, which strikes me as a perfectly sensible way to go about it. If you haven't heard the story about how Katie Couric protected a Supreme Court justice in an on-the-record interview, it's really quite an amazing story. We'll get to that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How do you sell this if ultimately you have to Well, I think you all could do a better job of selling it, to be very frank with you, because every time I come here, I go through the list. Family medical leave, climate, uh, the, the issues that are in there. and um, But it is true, it is hard to break through when you have such a comprehensive package. So that was uh, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, being questioned on why the Build Back Better plan is not being received better by people. And she got angry at the press. Well, frankly, you aren't doing a good job of selling it like it's the job of the press. Obvious, not just it's the job. It's obviously the job of the press, according to the Speaker of the House, for all the people in that room to sell it, which, by the way, they have been. According to an independent analysis, seven times as many stories quoting Democrats on the Build Back Better plan than Republicans. Seven wow. times in your three evening newscasts, CBS Evening News, ABC News, and NBC Nightly News. Well, so that's fair and balanced. It's not even close. Uh, and, huh. and yet, it's not good enough for Nancy. 115 sound bites from Democrats pushing the Build Back Better plan since September. Only 16 from Republicans pointing out the problems. Wow. And she says to the press angrily, you're not doing a good job of selling it. So that's a good lead-in to this other stuff we've got for you about what is happening with the cathedral. I love that term, which talks about all the media and the colleges and everybody that's all in agreement on various terms and uh, and pitching them to you on a very various uh, various ways. The cathedral. The cathedral. Um, it's one of your. Uh, what do they call that? The dark web, intelligent web thing. That's their term. The cathedral. Okay. Um, do you understand red pill, blue pill? That's another thing they get into a lot, and I don't understand red pill. Blue. They're blue pilling you. They're uh, they're clearly red pilling you, and I don't. I still haven't figured out what that means. But yeah, I just think it's 
I don't know. I, I've just assumed from context it's dishing up the propaganda of that side. I don't think it's that simple, but I could mm. be wrong. Um, Katie Couric was the biggest deal in all of broadcasting for a while when I was younger. She was the highest paid news reader in the land. She was on the Today Show forever. She used to host all your Olympics and all that sort of stuff. When she uh, left the Today Show and was working for Yahoo, she got a sit-down interview with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Well, that's a good way to get to hear how the Supreme Court justice thinks. Unless Ruth Bader Ginsburg says something that Katie Couric doesn't agree with. Let's hear that story. Katie Couric had plenty of time for her Ruth Bader Ginsburg interview five years ago. She was working for Yahoo, which posted half an hour online. But the former CBS anchor and Today Show co-host deleted a key part and admits she, quote, wanted to protect the liberal Supreme Court justice from a backlash and that she was, quoting again, a big RBG fan. There was a fierce controversy then, as you'll recall, over Cole and Kaepernick and other NFL players taking a knee to protest the national anthem. Ginsburg said she found them arrogant. I think it's really dumb of them. Would I arrest them for doing it? No. But what you're saying is it's within their rights to exercise those actions. If they want to be stupid, there's no law that should be preventive. But Curry cut the late justice's more inflammatory remarks that the protesting athletes were showing contempt for a government that made it possible for their parents and grandparents to live a decent life. The Daily Mail reports, based on Couric's forthcoming memoir, Going There, that she acknowledges having lost a lot of sleep over the decision and felt that racial justice was a blind spot for Ginsburg, which is precisely why her comments would have plunged her into controversy. The day after the sit-down, the Supreme Court spokesperson emailed Couric to say Ginsburg had misspoken and didn't understand the question. Couric said she was conflicted but adopted that argument, though the jurist, then 83, seems from the video to understand the question just fine. Couric consulted former ABC News president David Weston, who told her she's on the Supreme Court. People should hear what she thinks. Yeah. Katie Couric says in the book she tried to keep her personal politics out of her reporting, but in this case, she (laughs) clearly did not. Being a big fan of a Supreme Court justice is hardly a good reason to keep her own on-camera words from the public. Well, it's only one of the biggest cultural stories of the last 20 years and only one of the most important voices in America. Uh, it would only have been a giant deal if they had left that in there. How, how do you like even the fact that Katie Kirk, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg says, I think they're being stupid, but you do think they have. Their, so leading the old woman a certain direction to make sure she gets that point out. Right. That is right. so out of bounds. That is so incredibly out of bounds. You lost sleep over the decision. You should have. It's horrific. It's well, horrific, yeah. and the and the head of NBC saying, "I don't think you should have done that." Yeah, you shouldn't have. I can't decide which aspect of this is most interesting to me: the fact that Katie Couric thinks she knows better than Ruth Bader Ginsburg what Ruth Bader Ginsburg ought to say publicly; the fact that the Supreme Court then sent a, a, a an email saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," she didn't understand the question. Yeah, out of context. What does that say about the state of Ruth Bader Ginsburg? At that time, I don't know, and I wondered if she <laughs> wonder if she had any knowledge of that statement that came out from her people on that whole thing. Uh, Katie Couric doing an on the record interview with a Supreme Court justice, and she cuts out stuff that's going to hurt her side. That is unbelievable. Meanwhile, yeah. NBC's going through old tapes off the record, hot mic conversations with Donald Trump, and releasing them right before the election to damage him. So that's two completely different ways of handling those things. Yeah, boy, that is a great contrast right at the same time, too.
Well, another example of media awfulness, whether it's stupidity or dishonesty or fear-mongering and clickbaiting, we'll leave it up to you. But you remember when CNN, among others, and they have been right at the forefront of whipping up COVID fear, uh, were mocking the stupid morons who were taking this horse and cattle deworming paste because they thought in their stupid Trump-loving heads that somehow it might help them with COVID. I mean, just morons. And they mentioned that among the morons was podcaster Joe Rogan. Yeah, well, we should have played the clip from uh, from Morning Joe that we had. Where uh, one of them says, yeah, Joe Rogan said on his podcast that he's taking the, the horse medicine. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, he is. Oh, that's so terrible. You're right. There was so much condescension and disapproval and the rest of it. Well, for some reason, Sanjay Gupta, who is the uh, the medical guy on CNN, went on Joe Rogan's podcast. And Joe wanted to talk to him about that. Let's just roll clip 80. Horse dewormers, not a flattering thing. I get it's that. It's a lie. It's a lie on a news network. It, and it's it, a lie that's a willing that's that's a lie that they're conscious of. This is not a mistake. Yeah. They're unfavorably framing it as veterinary medicine. Well, the FDA put this thing out. You saw that. Did you see that thing that the FDA put out? What did the FDA put out? <laughs> it was a tweet, and it was snarky. I admit it. They said, you are not a horse, you are not a cow, stop taking this stuff, or something like Why that. Why would you say that when you're talking about a drug that's been given out to billions and billions of people, a drug that was responsible for one of the inventors of it making the Nobel the, Prize. Really the Nobel Prize in 2015. 15, yeah. Yeah, no, a, a drug well, that has been shown to stop viral replication in vitro. You know that, right? I, I, Why would they lie and say that's horse dewormer? I can afford people medicine, mother. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's just a lie. I don't think anyone is thick. But don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network when you know that they know they're lying? You know that they know that I took medicine. Like, here it is. This is ivermectin. You got this it with right you. here. Somebody gave it to me. All right, hang on. I, I, do you, the, the thing is, we're, we're we're like going so fast. Like I feel like I'm missing. I'm missing. Do you think I want that that's to, a problem that your news network not, lies? Well, I don't. I don't. Dude, I mean, what did they say? They lied what and they said I was taking horse dewormer. First of all, it was prescribed to me by a doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Along they with shouldn't have said a it was bunch of if, other if medications. Was, if you got a human. Pill because there were people that were taking it, the veterinary medication, and I, you're not obviously. You got it from a doctor, so that it shouldn't be called that. Ivermectin can be a very effective medication for parasitic disease, and as you say, it's probably you know I think what a quarter billion people have taken it around the world. More, I get that way more. So way but, more can, billions can, of people have taken it. Can I just come back to the one I want to talk about? I, two, no, no, two, no, no, two no, things no. on you the ledger. To, you have before we get to that. Does it bother you that the news network you work for? Out and out lied. Well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer. They, they they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. You didn't ask. You I didn't think that was your. You're the medical guy over there. I didn't ask. I should have asked before. But they coming did it the with such glee. No, yes, Joe. I watched. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I barely paid attention to that story when it first broke, um, and it was bouncing around. You know, I'd hear jokes from Bill Maher or whatever, and so I was under the impression that a bunch of people were taking horse dewormer for their medicine, and it was a dumb idea. That was the impression I had. I didn't look into it because I didn't care. Um, then when you start looking to it in, uh, just a little bit, you figure out that, no, 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 it's a medicine that they give to horses to get rid of worms, but also 
give to human beings to deal with all kinds of different diseases and millions and millions of prescriptions across America. Millions and millions of prescriptions across America. And MSNBC, CNN, everybody making jokes and everything like that was just completely out of bounds. So I guarantee you, even right now, half the country if they pay attention to this at all, thinks that dumb Trump voters are taking horse dewormer to fight COVID. That's how dumb they are. Right, right. It's either stunningly ignorant or stunningly dishonest. Because during that whole controversy, I knew that ivermectin had dual uses, veterinary and human, the antiviral thing and the antiparasitic thing. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. I'm just a guy who kind of stays informed for a living. And I knew it. How did the our vaunted news networks either not know it or or, or knowingly lie about it? That's yeah, just terrible. They reversed it. It's a human medicine that happens to be given to horses. They said, "Oh, it's a horse medicine yeah. that happens to be given to humans." Yeah. yeah well, and and uh, and honestly, uh, we, one of the more interesting things we found out from veterinary uh, folks who listen is that people became aware that you can get it through a veterinarian at a fraction of the price I, you pay for the human medicine. I know uh, I know people who do that with a lot of different drugs. Mm-hmm. Because for reasons of our messed up healthcare system, drugs that uh, are for, for you can use for people are way cheaper through the vet. You got to know a vet who's willing to do something that's probably not cool, but uh yeah, way cheaper. Lots of drugs are cheaper through a vet. Just watch the dose. Yeah. Don't take don't take the dose for a twelve hundred pound beast. Well, nobody would. No, no, except an idiot, and they're probably dead of it. Yeah. And I have not heard of uh, people dying of ivermectin poisoning. Have you? No. Well, the hospitals were full. Oh, remember that story turned out to be completely phony, completely oh, that's misreported. Right. That's right. It was Oklahoma, right? The hospital yep. so full of people who had OD'd on ivermectin that they couldn't admit heart attack victims and and cancer sufferers. I'm surprised Sanjay Gupta even went on Joe Rogan's show. Did he not see that coming? Um, dude, I think it's hubris. Dude, you're the doctor that speaks for your network. You didn't catch the fact that they're just flat out lying all day, every day for like a month on this whole horse medicine thing. Didn't ask you, didn't, didn't want to raise your hand and say, oh, by the way, it's a, a people medicine and doctors are prescribing it to millions of people as we speak. Right, right. Well, if I, if I could run up behind Sanjay Gupta and jab him in the ass with a little sodium pentothal and make him tell the truth, uh, which is probably illegal and certainly unethical. <laughs> they um, give him a big fat shot in the ass. And- that's right, sir. It'd certainly be, a, well, it'd free up an interview subject. But if I were to do that, he would say, look, one of the main hooks CNN has, just like MSNBC and all the alphabet networks, is that we mock the people of America except for the coastal elite. We mock them. We portray them as stupid. We imply that anybody who likes Trump is a stupid Midwesterner who gobbles down horse paste based on some Internet website. That mockery and that contempt, that high-handedness is what our audience wants. So that's what we deliver. So if I may summarize this segment, starting with Nancy Pelosi beating up the media for not selling the infrastructure bill good enough and then you get the actual numbers on their salesmanship and then katie couric deleting parts of a supreme court justice interview that didn't fit with their politics and then what you just heard from cnn don't give me any sort of left you know right wing facebook lies misinformation fake news is what's ruining america thing there's that but there's also plenty of this yeah plenty of this plenty of this from so many different fronts 
Well, I have looked up the red pill and blue pill thing, and I will explain it to you. It's very easy to understand. Cool. We'll have that for you, among other things, next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There are a lot of leaders in a lot of states. Uh, We talked about southern states yesterday uh, that have stepped out and told people stop being crazy. uh, And and they're still going to the the feed stores and getting uh, ivermectin. Can you believe like Joe Rogan? Yeah, he's he's eating eating uh, dewormers for cows. Yeah, Joe Joe Rogan who contracted COVID, mm-hmm. recovered from COVID, and attributed his recovery to ivermectin. Oh, come on. Which is the Did he really D- do that? Yeah, he was talking about that on his podcast. Wait, but, wait, 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 wait a second. He, he said that he got better because he ate he said cattle he's been, dewormer? He said he's been taking ivermectin, yes. So he attributed and part of his recovery better, right. to, reco- to, to that to that drug really? or whatever it is. Yeah. I just, I don't think they knew. No. They did not. I think they're totally ignorant of the drug. That's why I mentioned, as a guy who didn't look into it, because I just have been trying to stay away from that noise mostly until it rises to a certain level, just kind of taking it in through the media, just barely hearing about it, I was hearing that crazy people were taking horse dewormer. It doesn't take a heck of a lot of looking into it to figure out that, no, it's a human peel. It's a human medicine. Mm -hmm. Lots of people, millions of prescriptions for uh, covid Ask your doctor about it. But no, the people there, Morning Joe, didn't know anything about it. They just went with the Trump rubes, particularly in the South, taking horse paste. It's just embarrassing. Oh, and Joe Rogan said it to... Oh, my God, that's embarrassing. The contempt those people have for America, I mean, most of America is stunning. It's one of the main reasons Trump got elected. I think you're being red-pilled or blue-pilled. I don't know which one, and I don't know what it means. The terms red-pill and blue-pill refer to a choice. Between the willingness to learn a potentially unsettling or life-changing truth by taking the red pill or to remain in contented ignorance with the blue pill. The term refers to a scene in the 1999 film The Matrix, which I'm sure some of you are shouting at the radio. I can tell you that this is incorrect. Um, (laughs) Well, this is incorrect. I listened to a whole podcast about this not long ago. Now, it depends on what level you're on. There is a guy on the intellectual dark web. His mind escapes me right now. He considers himself the most right-wing person in every room he's ever in. He uh, he has a gazillion followers on his podcast, and he s- took the word from the Matrix, reinvented it, and now the intellectual dark web uses red pill and blue pill in a different way that I don't understand. And he gets all the credit for having reinvented those terms from the way it was used in the Matrix. But, you know, it's, it's slicing things very, very thin, I realize. But trying to figure out what people that I listen to on those podcasts, like Michael Malice's podcast and that sort of stuff, trying to figure out what they mean by it, I can't figure it out. Because it's not the Matrix one. They, they changed the definition. It's very confusing. Well, I'm scanning an article on that. Well, all right. If you don't know and I don't know, what's the point in discussing it? Well, I agree. I agree. There is no one true definition, so red pilling can be anything. There you go. There you go. But if you hear it, just just uh, nod like you know what they're talking about. That's what I would highly recommend. If somebody says, "Yeah," and they're red pilling you, say, "Yeah, I know, I know what they are." Sons of bitches. Maybe I'll blue pill them. I don't know. Oh no! What happens then? (laughs) Nobody knows. Go back in time. 
So I'm going to touch on this briefly. Maybe we'll get into it a little more thoroughly tomorrow. But uh, protesters are starting to uh, to have their voices heard in both San Francisco and Los Angeles, which is notable because they both of those enclaves, uh, the cities, the counties, uh, elected George Soros-backed, super-progressive Marxist district attorneys. Chesa Bodine, uh, the son of uh, terrorists in San Francisco, and George Gascon, who's an avowed uh, far-left Marxist, essentially, who was the DA in San Francisco, is now in the DA is now the DA in LA. And for instance, they're pissed off in LA because George Gascon issued a directive behind the scenes that you're not allowed to subpoena any more witnesses. If they don't want to show up on their own, prosecutors are not allowed to subpoena them, which is a huge departure from the justice system's usual procedures. And so now about three times a day on average, a case is dismissed because the prosecutor can't get a witness to appear to testify. Um, it's, it's releasing a tremendous number of criminals. And in speaking with uh, a number of sources working inside the L.A. County judicial system who spoke on the condition of anonymity for fear of professional backlash, the prosecutors are outraged. They cannot believe it. And this goes on top of the public directives that he made back in December. So, again, more on that to come tomorrow. Hit armstrongandgetty.com. We have some fabulous new A&G store uh, gear for you. You order it now to make sure you have it in time for Christmas. Your favorite A&G fan will love it. Underwear, bras, T-shirts. Some cool new T-shirts. Awesome. You name it. Armstrong and Getty.